Hey y'all, Kennedy and Tram here, and we'd love to introduce to you our creative project we put together for our 2020 Empathy course with Dr. Wendy Williams entitled This Year I. In this project, we really wanted to work together to emphasize the power that we both believe storytelling possesses. Essentially, we believe that there is meaning behind everything and that there are lessons we have learned behind our stories. For the year of 2020 specifically, which I'm sure has been memorable in both good and bad ways for us all, we wanted to open up the opportunity for students on TCU's campus to engage in productive, meaningful, and insightful conversations in which not only can students identify how this year has impacted them specifically because of their identity, but then be able to connect with someone completely different from them, learn, and hopefully show empathy towards their scenario as well. Um, we really value diversity in thought, background, and opinion, and our main goal was to be able to have students have different conversations with others to truly showcase the impact of what they've learned over the course of these last eight months. In the words of Mahsin Hamid, empathy is about finding echoes of another person within yourself. Overall, Tram and I believe that loving and genuine storytelling can really promote such a sense of healing and understanding in the society around us. And we're hoping by deep diving into these conversations that we've had with eight different people among our TCU campus, you can get a sense of the same thing. Through this project, we really want to inspire, encourage, and uplift others to know that they are not doing this alone. We're hoping to really showcase the aspect of common humanity that we all share. And special shout out to Zuri and Alex, Emily and Malia, Kyle and Emily, and Madeline and Filsa. We appreciate you more than you could ever imagine for helping us make this project such a success. Now, let's get into these conversations. So the first conversation that we're going to hear today is from Madeline and Filza, who are very different girls. Filza is a bio pre-med major um, who's on the STEM track, wanting to be a doctor. While Madeline is a Stratcom theater major, loves music. She is a strong Christian, while Filza is a strong Muslim. Yet these girls came together and had a really strong connection, as well as really fruitful insightful and thought-provoking conversations. Let's hear it. We all, we all got sent home. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost gave me this chance to kind of reset and, like, work through a lot of the issues I had been sweeping under the rug mm-hmm. and just kind of, like, distracting myself and telling myself, like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Right. But I really, I needed to, like, work through some stuff. Just, like, the anxiety and just fear. And so mm-hmm. that was really cool. And I really feel like if the pandemic hadn't happened, like, I don't really know. I don't even know where I'd be right now just because it was so helpful for me to have all that, like, downtime to just really rest and, like, just, like, work through a lot of stuff. So that was that was, that was good. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was tough. I lost a grandparent, which was a bummer. Not Not even because of COVID, but just, like, he had long-term health issues. And that was... That was really vulnerable. Yeah, I feel like... The point she made about it taking this in a way to then sit there and 
reflect on something that you may not have and who knows how long mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like she said if this hadn't have happened she genuinely doesn't know what she'd be like at this point in time because she still mm-hmm. may have kept pushing stuff under the rug and so it's like in some sense a wake-up call that yeah did promote growth I of course it came with you know a great deal of like stress and uncertainty but at the same time, it really forces you to look at what's in front of you and who you yeah. are, I feel like. That's a lot of self-discovery I think she was really really referring to. And also just the fact that she brought up a family member loss was really surprising to me. Um, and opening up to that to Foza and, and talk to her about there's not even a closure um, was something that really surprised me. And I was just really excited to see if this friendship continues after this podcast because that was really a special moment. Yeah, and I feel like especially in terms of empathy in our class, with the amount of deaths we had in the world and the country Mm -hmm. all centered around COVID and like these families not being able to get together and mourn or grieve in a typical fashion with one another or even be there for their loved one's last moments with them like you know it kind of makes me wonder how empathetic we can be to this situation because it's something that we haven't really had to experience you know before COVID it's like we all had the same kind of process when it came to things such as this in life so that is so interesting at a point I feel like even us young people we're not we're not really that prepared to deal with a family member loss yeah. on a large scale like this. Exactly. And knowing that around us, a friend or a coworker who, like somebody else, is losing a family member rapidly and all around us is something that I feel like we are not really prepared for. Yeah, and so I think even the sudden nature of some of these deaths, but then people not really knowing how to successfully be empathetic towards exactly. those who are losing the loved one just yeah. adds such another degree of difficulty. Yeah. For anyone who could be experiencing something like that. So I think like having having these tools to take away from and how to have an actual genuine empathetic conversation is so important right now. I couldn't agree more. Mm, yeah, I think it's a combination of both, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think I could say like 50-50. Mm-hmm. Some things have gotten a lot harder. Right. But I also feel like I've grown in other areas. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, I've, I've, I feel like weirdly enough, like, it was just like such a crazy thing like being in a pandemic it kind of forced me to like just like work through a lot of fear Mm -hmm. and like the discipline and like the skills of like really did like like no do not go down the spiral rabbit hole of worry like don't do it like you know like it's like a level of choice we have there yeah that discipline is like really carried over into the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and so I feel like a lot of growth took place there Mm -hmm. um and I think this summer at camp, that was a really, like, growing experience, too. Just, like, mm-hmm. it was a lot of, it was just a lot of, like, teamwork. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, it was a really cool opportunity to, like, really almost, like, deepen my faith. I mean, like, 10-year-olds are so interesting. And they have so many questions. Mm-hmm. And they ask you really hard questions. And you're like, oh, my gosh. So it was definitely really challenging in a good, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I would say that I think there's times that, especially like this semester, I would say that I feel like I've almost been a little bit complacent. Like, I think it's really easy to just like stay home, do class, like go to food, hang out with your friends, Mm -hmm. but like not really make much effort to like do things. And like, I don't know, like 
outward focused things outside of yourself. And that's something that I've really just been thinking a lot more about. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's the the pandemic has almost made us all a little bit selfish in our own way. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like forget about the rest of the world just like out of my own convenience. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think of about like the complacency. Mm-hmm. I know there's grace for that, but I also like next semester, I'm like, I really want to like, I don't know, get out of my room more. And I, right. I don't know. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Do things a little bit differently, but mm-hmm. yeah. So combination. But. Yeah. No, no, I definitely agree with that too, especially what you, like what you just said about complacency too. I just realized how much, like how, much effort it like this semester has required for me to like get like reach out to people and be like hey like how are you that sort of thing too rather than like before you know like I feel like we all kind of took it for granted because we saw each other like every day and stuff too so it's yeah that whole part of it was really interesting yeah I think that's totally like a shared I honestly this reminds me of the book of joy the Dalai Lama, yeah. and how he talked about you cannot have joy without gratitude. Mm-hmm. And like, like, like Madeline said, she, did, she could not forget about the rest of the world. Right. She could not forget the hard things that are out there, but deeply inside, she has a spirit of hope, and she has this deep connection with people around her, and the things that the, the sheer experience that we all have that kind of fostered this sort of joy mm-hmm. that you can hear it. And I just felt like, back to that conversation in class, that gratitude is not really just a practice or an attitude, it's really a way of life. Yeah. And like she said, it's, 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 there's a level of choice that she totally made. And I felt like that allowed her to have more empathy just to situations around her that honestly like she said that we were pretty selfish about yeah Um, I completely agree I think her ability to have that awareness mm -hmm. because when I first heard her start talking about how oh it's 50 50 I've experienced some growth but I also think in ways it's been possible that I've become more selfish Mm -hmm. or like more complacent because as her and Filsa were both saying, like, you have to put in way more effort now to check in on your friends. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not out of convenience, and sometimes we're drained emotionally and physically, but then we still want to check on our loved ones and see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to kind of get caught up in your head and the spiral, Mm -hmm. the rabbit hole that Madeline was talking about. And just how she mentioned, like, it's your choice in what you're going to do with these things. It reminds me of a quote I heard where it's like, we don't determine our future, we determine our habits, and our mm-hmm. habits determine our future. Mm. And so it's like actively continuing that process of practicing gratitude, yes. becoming aware of your thought patterns, and stopping any negative ones and trying your best to keep the positive ones going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a really good one. I guess the thing that pops up like the most in my mind right now is like don't take any of this for granted appreciate every single moment that sort of thing and it like it makes it seem really like like oh you know like I don't know the way I'm phrasing it it feels like it's the worst thing to happen which it's like I mean we can still see friends and stuff you know right now so it's not like other people I feel like um 
have are kind of going through like a tougher time right now and stuff too but just like as far as advice I would give to myself I would just be like try to make the most of this quarantine try to like you know really prioritize mental health and like kind of reevaluate the direction you want your life to go towards that whole sort of thing because like and the way my college experience has gone with pre-med, it's I don't really have that much opportunity to explore different classes and stuff. It's very much like they're like deadlines basically set like by this time you need to take these classes, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I feel like I really didn't get to like purposefully, like willingly, like I guess set aside time. Like, no, I should be enjoying this time rather than just being all like academics, that sort of thing too. So yeah, that would be my advice. What about you? Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a good point about, yeah, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, it's been a, t- a very tough couple months, mm-hmm. eight months, <laughs> but yeah. like, there are, there, it could, it could be worse. And mm-hmm. like, there is a way to like make the most of the time. And I think it was mm-hmm. cool to see the world like do that. Right. Um, honestly, a lot of the same things I would say, like, I would say, I mean, I feel like there was this pressure of like, almost like you have to learn how to do like 50 new hobbies mm-hmm. like not hobbies but like yeah yeah like, I what you mean. Mm-hmm. And like get the toe touch splits or something like mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> on our hands but something I felt like was honestly just like rest like it's okay to rest like make the most of the time do things that are like good mm-hmm. for you and like just rest I would go back and tell myself that I think mm-hmm. and yeah I think almost like the attitude like you kind of mentioned of like it could be worse is helpful because mm-hmm. it could it could be you know and like it was a tough time especially in the thick of it mm-hmm. but like there was a lot yeah like there, there there was like still a lot of hope through all of it mm-hmm. even like the tough parts yeah so I think that's good and like just I feel like from what we just listened to just a couple minutes ago about gratitude this is really about perspective and I think these are very closely related um, because you can be a lot more grateful and have a peace of mind knowing that this is not the worst. And like from what the Dalai Lama said about how focusing on the pain of others can lessen your own pain and suffering, I feel like that's what she is going for. Um, because when you put yourself into there's the perspective of how the whole world was suffering and you're like wow i'm so grateful yeah i'm so thankful and i'm so lucky and i should not take any of these for granted and i think that's what she's going after right i feel like too even when we were reading the book of joy when the dalai lama was talking about focusing on others suffering it was kind of hard for me because it seems like a dark concept you know to Mm, think of others downfall but if once again, you change your perspective on that and mm. you realize that it just allows you to connect more with humanity and realize that not every day can be a good day. Not mm-hmm. every year can be a good year for all of us, you know, but it's coming outside of that tunnel vision and only looking at yourself. And even like Pilsa said in the beginning, um, make the most of this. She took something as simple as always having me structured in her pre-med major to now being able to sit there and explore in ways she hadn't before Mm. or Madeline saying this has been a time where we can kind of reflect and see what direction we want to take our lives in which Mm -hmm. is something that I was able to do through this quarantine and through these past couple months is just sit back and really rest in the fact that 
there is nothing constantly pushing me to get things done in the yeah. way that the world has been going on, or mm-hmm. I guess our country has been going on for so long. It really just allowed a moment for people to be like, wait, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And see if those things align with how they want to continue living their lives. I think that's a really good point. And the last point I want to end on this is going back to um, focusing on others' pain. I think we don't just focus on feeling the pain. We focus on feeling it and relieving it Mm. and doing our part to relieve someone else of their pain and to make someone's days better. And I feel like that's the best way to really get yourself out of a hoop or I know a rabbit hole right. or just a dark place is to focus on the light you can bring to others. Yeah, I agree. I think that I would say like I'm proud of myself for like saying no to anxious mm-hmm. thoughts. Back on the mental health thing, I'm telling you. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I would love to hear about your experience too, but I just like feel like, yeah, like quarantine was like so, I don't know, transformative for me. I was mm-hmm. in such a rut like right before Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even realize it. And then I got home and I was like, whoa, my gosh, like, right. oh, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that like, I just like really, really, really learned like there's like positive thoughts and there's negative thoughts. And like, we really can't control our thoughts mm-hmm. at all because um, our brains are just like bing, 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 like crazy, mm-hmm. always taking in different information, stimuli. But like, you, you can't control your thoughts, but I think you can control the way you react to a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like one of the biggest things I learned that I think I've still carried with me now and um yeah I'm just like I'm just like proud of myself for like I think saying no mm-hmm. to like the negative spirals mm-hmm. um, especially like in a global pandemic when I really easily could have used the quarantine time to like bring myself unintentionally to a really terrible place mm-hmm. but I instead like chose to use it as a an opportunity for growth mm-hmm. um so yeah I think that was like that was something that I yeah that and like I don't just like stepping out of my comfort zone with the music thing has been something I'm excited about. That's more recent. After the conversation came to an end, we took 10 to 15 minutes to debrief and talk with the participants about what they learned most, what they took away from the conversation, um, what were kind of their favorite parts about everything that they had to discuss. And Madeline and Filza had great points to share. It was like really naturally there. Maybe just because we're both human beings and Mm -hmm. like, I think every single human, regardless of if you know them well or not, like has a different story and experience. Mm -hmm. And like, I I think also too, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic person and it seems like you are too, Philza. So maybe that had to do with it. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tram, that was our first conversation. What do you think about it? I thought that was way beyond expectations or our expectations, honestly. And something that I kept hearing was resilience mm-hmm. and common humanity, right. especially after her last quote. Because these girls had very different experiences, but the way they approached looking at things was feel, felt with resilience mm-hmm. and also a spirit of hope, which I thought was super refreshing. Yeah, and something I really loved about it is how you could tell how genuine both girls truly mm-hmm. were. Like in the middle of it, they said, "We're friends now," essentially, and it's like sometimes all it takes is that moment to crack the surface, even yes. with someone you've never talked to in your life, and uh-huh. y'all can connect on a level that you would have never thought possible within what thirty minutes. Think, yeah, it's Literally. incredible. I love it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
our next conversation is one that we were the most excited about because how demographically different these participants were, and just how much perspective can be taken from this conversation. Zuri is a stratcom major. She is black and female, where Alex is a white male computer science math double major. Um, they accidentally met last year in an art interview and just now catching up through a conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. Okay, enjoy your conversation, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be back. How have you been? Been good. You know, it's how you're trying to get through school early. It's like, now I'm starting to feel a little bit. So I'm like, all right, oh, great time. I was doing so good, like, yeah. the whole pandemic. And then last week, early in the week, I just stopped functioning. How is your uh, your religion of being affected by everything going on? Um, honestly, I think it's stronger, in a sense, because, like, I when things get harder, I always just turn to, like, my faith. So like even though I haven't been able to go to church and at college, like I don't go, I need to go, but I just don't go. I either like listen on YouTube or like try to read my Bible more. So I just think turning to that during hard times and like realizing like I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for my faith. And that's just trying to drive for us, especially like if everything else around me is going bad and I don't always have that. Yeah. I mean, like it sucks we're here, we're in the situations we are now, but like, it could be worse. Mm -hmm. We've got the technology to, to help with all that. Right. It's, it's good to see that churches are still holding sermons. Mm, yes, I think that's a crucial part too, so. Mm. I was so surprised when he asked that question, when he made the initiative to ask a question, to be honest, because he said at the end that, um, he doesn't talk about this stuff a lot. And I was really surprised to just hear him ask that question to Zuri, knowing that this is a, like an important part to her life and just wanting to know how it has impacted her. And he even said that he's so glad that churches are still doing sermons, even though it's not his belief. So I feel like that was a moment of empathy for me in this whole conversation that was just a moment of him knowing how this how her faith has really uplifted her and strengthened her and made a huge impact on her and realizing that and acknowledging that saying that to her would really encourage her um I feel like that was a really really cool moment to witness yeah, I honestly feel like this reminded me a lot of something one of our other groups said, who mm. we haven't quite got to in the podcast yet, but it was uh, Emily and Malia, and Emily was mentioning how a lot of times when we have empathy, it's not about thinking how we would handle certain situations or yes. how it affects us, but instead trying your hardest to like really take on what this other person is telling you and recognizing how other things can impact and affect them. Mm. So it's, you don't want to make this about you, right? It's not, yeah. oh, how would I react to this? What's important to me in this moment? But really taking the time to open your mind and see what could matter so much to someone different than you. How, uh, how's your life going with BLM and the election? All of the, the political and social stuff going on? 
Um, it's fine, I guess, in a sense. I don't, let's see, how do I explain it? So, like, when I was doing going on, of course, like, I was worried about that. So, like, school was just, like, I was doing it, but it was, like, my priority was somewhere else. So, it's just the fact of, like, seeing the outcome of it, because I feel like, like, either way, the outcome, like, people are still not happy either way. Mm-hmm. But it was just a matter of, like, I feel like in certain situations, just, like, because I am a minority, like, things play out a different way. And then it's just, like, you're always going to have outside factors that are still going to try to, like, downplay what happened. So it's just a matter of trying to be, like, well, this is the result. Like, and still, like, I still have to worry about, like, being safe, going out, like, have parents calling me, like, make sure you go in packs, like, just. So it's, like, a lot to think about. And I think, I don't think people quite realize, like, when you're a minority, when you're in school, when you're just going through a whole lot, like, it just gets a lot. And when you're somebody like me, who doesn't, like, always instantly, like, be in tune with their feelings, it starts to catch up to you at a point mm-hmm. that is when it starts to get bad, and I feel like I'm getting to that point. So trying to figure out ways, like, keeping it in a good space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird, but, like, also, I'm, I'm white, I'm male, I'm not in any minority, so, like, I, I definitely feel like I'm a little removed from a lot of parts of it, because it, it, there's a lot of things that minorities have to worry about that I don't. Right just because of my privilege. And so I guess I guess it's a big part of just recognizing that and realizing just because it doesn't affect me doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I appreciate you for acknowledging that because I feel like a lot of people like don't realize it or can't acknowledge that. So I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Something that really stood out to me at this point in the conversation is just how vulnerable both Alex and Zuri were willing to get with one another, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to topics such as the election, because speaking from my own experience as a black woman, that takes you back to just a couple months ago when there was so many social justice movements, uprisings, protests, um, everything constantly in the news and social media about ultimately the downfall of people who look Mm -hmm. like you in already such a depressing and isolating time to just sit with those thoughts of how you feel like you're unloved by this country. Um, It just has you walk around with like this heavy hurt in your chest and Mm -hmm. you can't even explain it when people try and ask you about it. You don't fully understand the feeling. And so just to be reminded of that now when we're back in school, like I feel like it's a level and a degree of, pressure and stress and sadness that a lot of people can't fully imagine Mm -hmm. and at that same time when Alex is hearing that he is willing to acknowledge and recognize oh I can't because I do have privilege in some form or fashion and even Mm -hmm. Zuri said like I appreciate you taking the time to recognize that it is real and that my experiences are so valid whether they're your same experiences or not it's still what's happening to me and I just think that's an important reminder for everyone in today's world absolutely and I feel like back to your point of how people carry this heavy burden in their hearts walking around um it really create an obstacle to empathy or empathetic conversations because when you ask somebody hey how are you doing they'll say i'm fine because there's no really a better way to summarize what you've been feeling for the past four months more than that and there's a risk too in there to really unpack what I'm fine. I'm not really doing okay. Right. And there's a risk of risking your story and your vulnerability and and 
not knowing how people are going to accept it. Um, and I think in a world like ours, and I just love how you were also vulnerable with that, Kennedy, sharing about that. Um, that if somebody is vulnerable, mm-hmm. then you feel so empowered to expand more of like how you're not doing okay. Yeah. And it takes only one person. Right. And that's the whole domino effect. And I think that's such a beautiful part of humanity is you see one person opening up and you are like, oh, I have the same right and I have the same power to do the same thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that goes back to even in class when we talk about Dr. Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and the relationship she's found between vulnerability and shame. And it's like, you shouldn't be ashamed to take that risk Mm -hmm. and be vocal about what's going on within your head. You Mm -hmm. know, like there's no shame to humanity. We are who we are. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's such an important message that the world needs to know and hear. I, I, I saw your name in the email. I figured, oh, I'm, 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 I imagine that's the Zuria email. I don't know too many Zurias. Yeah. Mm. So, Kennedy, now that we have listened to our first two interviews and really gotten to know these people, what do you feel like is something that we have accomplished? with our expectations coming into this project? I feel like our main expectation with this project was to bring people together, to really Mm. unite them, the people within our campus. And I think the best way you can do that is to put people in the same room, have them experience that um, up close, intentional, in-person dialogue. Mm -hmm. And when you do, it really does highlight the similarities that you guys have. And even if it's not the exact same, like the ways in which one person got to that particular mindset or thought process Mm -hmm. just opens your eyes to another person's more holistic perspective, not just the one you perceive them to have because of who they are. And so I feel like by us taking the time to organize and intentionally pair these people together, set aside time where they can just genuinely talk about the things that have been going on in their lives that they may not have shared with anyone else. I feel like we were effective in getting them to open up and be comfortable Mm -hmm. and be vulnerable. So nice. I think just also the action of setting expectations at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hear more about that in the next episode, but literally setting up um, expectations to be self-compassionate right. and respectful and vulnerable. Yeah, I felt like really opened up a door to have more intentional conversations, and also the thought that we put into the questions um, was great because it's not they follow the question step by step. Is that because they saw how this question was straight to the point? How it opened doors they were able to ask their own questions that answer things that they really want to ask about and want to really know about each other. And I felt that was empowering. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of times people like to beat around the bush and hope to maybe eventually (laughs) in the conversation get to the good stuff of what they really want to know because they're afraid of that risk they're taking. But when we come out with these hard-hitting questions that 
you know, require people to open up and put that intense thought in, Mm -hmm. um, we get such wonderful things that come out of it. That's really awesome. Well, guys, we have officially um, finished our first episode of This Year I, which is so exciting. Yeah. Um, And we cannot wait to see you again next episode. It's going to be a lot more good stuff. And Kennedy and I wish you a good night.